0: Welcome back to the Gains for Girls podcast. Uh, Today's guest is another brave female athlete who has been outspoken in the past week or so on protecting women's sports and why it's important. But her perspective is unique uh, because it's in a physical contact sport. Uh, Jiu Jitsu, mixed martial arts. There was a story that gained national attention of a male, several males standing atop the women's podium Uh, But the unique thing about the story was these female athletes boycotted uh, and Naga ultimately ended up changing their policies, which is what we need to see more of. Um, So stay around. Check out the interview with Anselie Wilk. Anselie, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I can only imagine how much your world has just kind of gone topsy-turvy. You know, one second you're competing, Um, And the next second, here you are with the burden, with the weight of of this on your shoulders. And when I say this, I mean fighting for women in sports. Um, But let's go back a little bit. I want you to have the opportunity to talk about when you got into MMA and jujitsu and and kind of what that training looks like.
1: Yeah, so I started back in 2015, um, about the end of September of 2015, because August of 2015, I had won my world title in archery. So when I finished that, I was like, I'm kind of burnout. out. And I, I loved Ronda Rousey when I was growing up. And I was like, always trying arm bars on dad. So I was like, whenever we moved up to Athens from Augusta, we found this little gym. And we just started with a nice basic gym. Uh, We ended up leaving there. I went to another one for about two years. And now I I found my home at American Top Team. They're so awesome. And like my jujitsu has just progressed so much.
0: That's amazing. Um, And the training, is it something you do every day? Is it?
1: Yeah, uh, usually twice a day. Um, Three if I'm feeling really good.
0: Yeah, no, that's incredible. Um, and I think it's important for people to realize, too, the amount of time and the sacrifices you have to make and the work that you put in to compete, um, of course, at any level, but the level you were competing at and to be successful at that level. Um, right. It's a big commitment and a lot of dedication that goes into it. And so um, when your story, the story of what was going on in jujitsu kind of gained national attention, um I I took myself back to the first time I I had ever heard of this happening in a physical contact sport uh, like boxing or MMA or wrestling. And I thought of Fallon Fox and I thought of how horribly, of course, that turned out for the women in the ring with with Fallon. Um, Was that the first time you had kind of heard of this in your sport? And and of course, it's progressed beyond that, as we saw but I think a lot of people were left in the dark about what was going on. So can you talk about how it has progressed um, and how we ultimately got to the point you were at?
1: Yeah. So I actually, I stalk people's Instagram. So I went through Fallon's the other day after all this went down and like, I just see them bragging about sneaking into women's divisions and lying to their coaches about who they are for five years. And I'm like, you're bragging about this. Like, The only thing we ever wanted was transparency because some women don't mind competing with them clearly because we obviously have this issue if we all had a problem with it then we wouldn't have this issue so but you know there's just got to be transparency and a choice
0: absolutely absolutely and that's something i wanted to bring up because um you posted a video on your twitter which was huge in the movement because it was really telling to a lot of people. Um, And in this video, you're fighting a male to which, to my knowledge, you didn't know you would be competing against a male until y'all were y'all were face to face. Is that right?
1: I really didn't know until after the day was over. Like I was still a little confused and like my teammates kept telling me and I like, I'm literally gaslighting myself. I'm like, right. no, they've competed against women so many times. You can't tell me it's, you can't tell me that
0: yeah right like I knew
1: it was different because like it was my first tournament back in the gi which is the uniform and I hadn't done it in four years so I was like okay my little brother's doing his first tournament I'll sign up and see if anyone wants to bump up and fight me if not cool I just get to coach which I'm totally fine with but they moved up And, like, I know whenever I fight someone that's a lower level than me, I can finish that very quickly. Like, my fastest submission against someone is seven seconds. Wow. So I had a plan, and when I wasn't able to do that, I was like, there's something wrong. Right. And then I have to fight them again, so I take a completely different approach. And I'm like, all right, just kind of stay level and, like, don't, don't freak out. Cause you know, you can beat them. You already did it once. Just do it again.
0: Right. So could you feel like a, a male strength? Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, I roll with men all the time and like, that's not my issue. It's like, the issue is like my male partners and I have like a mutual understanding to not hurt each other. I'm not going a hundred percent in the training room. They're not going hundred percent in the training room. They're probably not even going 25% with me. And I might be going 50. It levels it out because they're a man.
0: Right, right. And so you posted this video. Um, And in the video, actually in the match, you won. uh, Which, of course, is an incredible feat. Um, But in this video, you're explaining, you know, why, what the problem was in allowing this male and more males than just this one to compete in the women's category. Um, And you got a lot of pushback. Um, One of my... One of my favorites that I saw was from Ari Drennan, who I believe is a gaslighting narcissist who comments on my stuff all the time. Any woman defending their own rights, he comments. Um, And he went on to comment and said, you know, why are you you're warning about an unfair advantage when you won. Um, which I actually responded with. It wasn't
1: even about the unfair advantage against me. I don't care. I beat the hell out of
0: them. (laughs) And that's what I basically responded. I was like, look, a man competing in the women's category is a cheater. And a man who loses to a woman in the women's category is still a cheater, but is just a cheater who sucks at his sport. Um, But like you said, the argument, I I think a lot of people believe the argument is based around fairness. And while I believe that's the most obvious reason, you're right, it is more than that. Um, I believe that any man competing with a woman, even if he places dead last, is still cheating and taking an opportunity away from a deserving woman. And that's what it is. We're yeah, taking opportunities we, away. In
1: jujitsu, we see the registry. We can see who signs up. We know who you are.
0: Like right. but
1: I like before this, I'm not thinking to go to this girl's page and look in their tag photos to see if they used to be a man. I'm not thinking about that.
0: no. But you talk about transparency. And so what does that really mean? What do you mean by transparency and why is it important?
1: So Naga had a rule to where they could make brackets with trans people and then give a biological girl an option if they want to fight them to make a bracket. They dropped the ball when one of them did send them an email and they didn't notify the girl. So, you know, they could have made this policy work but they screwed up right? and they, and they ruined it for everyone.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that totally makes sense. But after that Redux and icons actually, which both amazing groups, I encourage everyone to go check them out. They do phenomenal work on protecting women's sports. Um, they collaborated and, and had kind of done this expose piece on your experience on Jaden's experience, which is another fighter. Um, and I think it garnered a lot of public, outrage um naga ultimately did they change their policies it sounds like they had policies in place before this and so so what did naga do
1: i don't know the original policy but i think that kind of came into play after fallon kind of admitted to sneaking into divisions i don't know like that's just my thoughts uh and then the taylor video came out and they were like yeah we've always had this policy of like you can do this if you want, but if you don't want to, we'll refund you, blah, blah.
0: Right. Um, but ultimately, from what I saw, it took them 21 hours mm-hmm. to release the statement. And I think that goes to show the power, again, of public outrage, because the public, the general public, is in our favor. Um, right. Not just Republicans, not just female athletes, but but. Anyone I would imagine with common sense can understand why this is, it's harmful to women in the women's category, of course, their safety and privacy and opportunities and all those different things. Um, But there were a couple athletes who boycotted uh, this event Mm -hmm. on October 21st down in Georgia. Um, Is that what you think this is going to take? Are we going to see, are we going to need to see more females kind of taking a stand and saying, look, I'm not competing? If a man mm-hmm. is on the mat or if a man is at the starting block or or whatever sport it may be.
1: Yeah, like just don't sign up, don't show up. Or you can show up and just dip out when you're about to race.
0: Yeah, that's, that's certainly what I think too. Um, while I believe that, I think we need more coaches. Um, I think we need more parents who are willing to take a stand. I I think we need more men. Um, I believe totally that this is a joint effort, but I believe it needs to come from the women. Right. We can't expect someone to save us if we aren't even willing to save ourselves.
1: Um,
0: (laughs) So so that's kind of where I am, too. Um, After you posted your video, uh, I saw that you got a ton of support. Um, Something that I thought was super cool is you even got the support from J.K. Rowling. And Martina oh Navratilova, Um
1: so crazy. <laughs> it
0: was so cool. Uh JK Rowling, she said, this isn't and never was about hate. It's about fairness and safety for women and girls. You stood up to protect your fellow athletes, which makes you a heroine in all sane people's eyes. I know backlashes aren't fun. Believe me, I know, but there are things far more important than pleasing all the people all the time. All power to you. I bet that was surreal for you.
1: It was Like, I immediately called my mom. Like, I saw her repost it, and then she left the comment, and I was just like... I was completely speechless. Like, I've been watching Harry Potter since it came out. Like, my grandma is a super fan. We took her to Harry Potter World in Orlando, Universal, and she literally cried when she walked through the gates. Uh-huh. Like...
0: Yeah. Yeah, no that was cool. Um and Martina and a slew of other people. Um but I wanted to ask you, you know, in terms of support um versus criticism, what has that looked like for you? And is it hard for you to read some of the things you've had to read, you know, about yourself, about your talent and your work ethic and all the different things?
1: <laughs> yeah, now some of it's really funny. Like I feel like it's definitely stripped my ego. And made me a better person to just not take things seriously because people are just uneducated.
0: I love that response and I love that you're able to handle it with humor Um, because it is hard. But if you can kind of laugh it off and realize that the people commenting these things You know, I I would say most of the time as someone who doesn't play sports, first and foremost,
1: always,
0: (laughs) yeah, they don't understand, you know, what it takes, what it means to succeed and be able to play and win and all those different things, um, to to handle it with humor, I think is incredible, incredibly admirable. Um, and truthfully, I I think it's necessary.
1: Yeah. um, well, Comedy's always been like a big part of my life. Um, it's just, like, I love to laugh, even if it's, like, traumatizing. Like, I'm going to laugh. Even if I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to laugh. I love to laugh. It's going to make me feel better, even if it's my worst day.
0: Oh, well, that's good to hear um, that I'm sure you've had a lot of laughs over the past uh, yes. couple weeks. So what's the future for you? What does this look like? Are you, you're, of course, I would imagine going to keep competing
1: yeah. Um. I was gonna go to Nashville next week to compete, but I just feel like with everything going on right now, I need just like a week to settle and let things process. But I'll be competing in Atlanta. Um. I'm really glad it's it's in town this time because I've been I have not been home a single weekend. This is like the first Sunday I've been home in probably two months.
0: Wow. Yeah. Back but, to the dedication. Um, after
1: that. Um. I think after the Atlanta I'm going to go do Nogi Worlds in Las Vegas and that'll be pretty much my last one for the year. Um it's December 7th.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. We'll we'll all be watching. Um we're very excited. I'm sure you have a lot of new fans. Um a lot of people in your corner now. Um and will you keep defending women's sports?
1: Absolutely. Like I'm I'm in this fight now like I was telling Marshy and Icons and just, like, that whole group, like, I'm in this now. Like, I want to help. Like, this is what I want to do.
0: Well, I can't tell you how refreshing that is to hear. Um, We always need more people, especially brave female athletes like yourself um, who have gone through this, who know what it's like, who know how um, humiliating it is, I would say, to compete against a man, even when you do win. Uh, which just shows how amazing you are, Um, it's tough. And so to have people who have that experience willing to take a stand for what is right, uh, for what is fair, for what is just, in a way that's respectful, in a way that's compassionate, right? I, I think it's very easy, as I'm sure you know now, to get labeled as anti-trans or transphobic or whatever other word they want to hurl your way.
1: Right. Which obviously, if you know me, isn't the case. I had a chat with Jessica and my friend Brittany this morning, we did a podcast. It was about an hour long. It was super fun, super insightful. And like, I definitely think people, if they go and watch that, it's a learning experience, which is also something I'm trying to gain from all of this is just learning both sides, even if, the right hates me for trying to learn the other side and the left hates me for not completely understanding their side. Um, All I can do is just be me and continue to try and be a better person every day.
0: Of course. And I'm sure, again, as you know, now, uh, when people hate you, it's probably because you're doing the right thing. Um, (laughs) Totally agree. Um, It's important to consider all perspectives, to have discourse, to challenge each other. Uh, Because ultimately, that's how we unify. That's how we advance. That's how we create solutions when we're willing to at least hear one another out. And what I see so often right now, um, particularly from the opposition, uh, they're not even willing to listen. And and that goes actually for both sides. You're exactly right. But again, in my experience, they're not even willing to to answer questions, to ask questions. It's immediately. Immediately, you're a bigot. Right, exactly. I
1: think my craziest comment was. You're an obnoxious racist, and this was for saying Joe Rogan is my spirit animal. (laughs) I was like, "What the hell are y'all talking about?"
0: But it shows you how those words lose meaning, right? I mean, what an awful thing to be called a racist. Of course, someone who is racist, but a terrible thing. But that word loses its weight. It does, like how heavy. Ever experienced
1: racism? Like I was telling some of my friends who have obviously experienced it before and like they've told me their stories and they just looked at me like how does that translate to right racism
0: right exactly but again that's that's the tactics they use i believe they will call you anything to keep you quiet um they can't dissuade i believe with facts or with common sense or logic or reasoning and so it is name calling Um, but to stand up against all of that, to be firm, um, to be respectful, uh, which I commend you for having those conversations. It's incredibly important, um, is truly admirable. Um, and I am right on page with JK Rowling and saying you're a heroine, of course, for me, for the next generation of female athletes. Um, so, so grateful for you and your voice. Um, I imagine we'll be doing a lot of work together in the coming future to save women's sports. Absolutely.
1: I, I really hope so.
0: Of course. Well, thank you so much, Ansley, for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: That is what we need. Uh, we need more athletes like Ansley who are willing to take a stand, willing to say no, willing to say enough is enough. And of course, doing it in a way that can still be seen as respectful and compassionate, Um, but women shouldn't have to put up with the mistreatment of allowing men into our sports. Uh, thanks for tuning in. You can get this podcast anywhere where you get your podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, go to outkick.com, uh, make sure you check out the Riley Gaines center. Uh, you can find that at www.rileygainescenter.org. Uh, thank you all for tuning in and I will see you again next week.